Today, it is impossible to avoid hypocrisy in any struggle against the status quo. The political and economic structures are constructed so that it is practically impossible to avoid being implicated in their workings. Today, whatever a man thinks of the employment opportunities available to him or of our economic system itself, he has almost no choice except to work if he does not want to starve to death or die of an illness for which he could not afford health care. If he does not believe in material property, he still has no choice but to buy all the food and clothing he needs and to buy or rent living space, that is, if he is not ready to live at odds with the legal system. For there is no free land left that has not been claimed by someone, almost no food or other resources anywhere that are not someone's property. If a woman wants to distribute material criticizing the capitalist system of production and consumption, she still has no way to produce and distribute this material without paying to produce it and selling it to consumers, or at least selling advertising, which encourages people to be consumers, to finance production. If a woman does not want to, f to finance the brutal torture and slaughter of animals in the name of capitalism, she can stop eating meat and dairy products, stop purchasing health products which were tested on animals, and stop wearing leather and fur. But there are still animal products in the films in her camera and movies she watches, in the vinyl records she listens to, in countless other products which she will be hard-pressed to do without in a modern society. Besides, the companies she buys her vegetables from are most likely connected to the companies who make meat and dairy products, so her money goes to the same ends. And these vegetables themselves were probably picked by migrant workers or other oppressed labor. For the average man who is unready to uproot his life completely and risk death and complete ostracism, keeping his hands clean of the nightmare around him is an impossible dream. Even if you radically reject and disconnect yourself from every one of these institutions and survive by means of theft or transgression alone, you are still playing a role in the status quo. The system is a vast, organic entity that includes everything within its boundaries, even the recluses who free from it and the terrorists who die fighting it. To fight it is always to fight it from within, for it creates us and molds us even when it directs us against itself. To claim to be outside it for even an instant, living as we do in a world that is made up in almost entirely of human constructs, whether physical, social, or f philosophical, is worse than madness. It is a misplaced fanaticism of a decidedly Christian bent. Most Western values are so deeply ingrained in our minds that it is practically impossible to avoid being influenced in our actions by the very assumptions and attitudes we are struggling against. After a lifetime of being taught to place a financial value on the hours of our lives, it is hard to stop feeling like one must be rewarded materially for an activity for it to be worthwhile. After a lifetime of being taught to respect hierarchies of authority, it is very difficult to suddenly interact with all human beings as equals, let alone have sex with them without eroticizing domination and submission. After a lifetime of being taught to associate happiness with passive spectatorship, it is hard to enjoy building furniture more than watching television. And of course, there are 10,000 more subtle ways in which these values and assumptions manifest themselves in our thoughts and our actions. This does not mean that resistance is futile. Indeed, if our choices today are so limited that we cannot act without replicating the conditions from which we are trying to escape, resistance is all the more crucial. This does mean that innocence is a myth, a counter-revolutionary concept which we must leave behind us with the rest of post-Christian thinking. The traditional Christian demand upon human beings is that they be innocent, that they keep their hands clean of any sin. At the same time, sin is so difficult for any Christian to avoid, as counter-revolutionary activity is today for us, that this demand leads to feelings of guilt, failure, and ultimately despair when he realizes that it is impossible for him to be innocent and pure. In fact, by forbidding sin, Christian doctrine makes it all, more, all the more tempting and intriguing for the believer. For whether the mind does or not, the human heart recognizes no authority and will always seek out that which is forbidden. We must not make the same mistakes as the Christians. The demand that radicals be free from hypocrisy, free from any implication in the system, has the same effects as the Christian demand that people be free from sin. 
It creates frustration and despair in those who would seek change, and at the same time makes hypocrisy all the more tempting. Rather than seek to have clean hands, we should aim to make the inevitable negative effects of our lives worthwhile by offering enough positive activity to more than balance the scales. This approach to the problem can save us from being immobilized by fear of hypocrisy or shame about our guilt. Besides, demands that we avoid hypocrisy deny the complexity of the human soul. The human heart is not simple. Every human being has a variety of desires which pull her in different directions. To ask that she only pursue some desires and always ignore others is to demand that she remain perpetually unfulfilled and curious. This is typical of the kind of dogmatic, ideological thinking that has afflicted us for centuries, and insists that the individual must be loyal to one set of rules and only one, rather than doing what is appropriate for her needs in a particular situation. It might be well true that the whole self can only be expressed in hypocrisy. Certainly a person needs to formulate a general set of guidelines regarding the decisions she will make, but to break from these occasionally prevents stagnation and offers the opportunity to consider whether the guidelines need re-evaluation. A person who is not afraid to be hypocritical from time to time is in less danger of selling out permanently one day, because she is able to taste the forbidden fruit without feeling forced to make a permanent choice. She is immune to the shame and eventual despair that afflict those who strive for perfect innocence. So be proud of yourself as you are. Don't try to get the inconsistencies of your soul to match up in a false and forced manner, or it will only come back to haunt you. Rather than holding inflexibility to a set system, let us dare to reject the idea that we must be faithful to any particular doctrine in our efforts to create a better life for ourselves. Let us not claim to be innocent. Let us not claim to be pure or right. But let us proclaim loudly that we are all hypocrites, that we will stop at nothing, not even hypocrisy, in our struggle to take control of our lives. In this age when it is impossible to avoid being a part of a system we strive against, only blatant hypocrisy is truly subversive, for it alone speaks the truth about our hearts, and it alone can show just how difficult it is to avoid living the modern life which has been prepared for us, and that alone is a good reason to fight. Exhibit A. Crime Think Itself the Crime Think Collective is a perfect example of the difficulties a subversive organization will encounter in seeking to avoid hypocrisy and of the liberating possibilities that embracing hypocrisy can create. Our tabloid harbinger exists to criticize such modern phenomenon as advertising, which is fundamentally an effort on the part of modern businesses to persuade people to purchase their products whether or not this is in their best interest. And yet Crime Think must sell advertising in the pages of Harbinger in order to finance its publication, at least when the proceeds from stolen cars are not enough. Harbinger exists to warn against those who would sell ideologies that prescribe certain kinds of thinking and acting, whether or not these manners of thinking and acting are in the best interest of human beings. And yet, in order to compete with these forces, crime think too must sell an ideology of sorts, an ideology of thinking for yourself, but an ideology all the same. Certainly we may claim that our products, our ideologies, really are in the best interest of human beings, but isn't that what every corporation and political party claims? In this case, and a thousand others, it is impossible for us in crime think to pursue the goals we seek without simultaneously betraying those goals. Just as we strive to fight against the system, we replicate it. Selling revolutionary ideas is still selling ideas. And as long as buying and selling are taking place, nothing truly revolutionary is happening. Indeed, the fact that revolutionary ideas are being used to perpetuate the status quo means that whatever resistance there might be is neutralized and assimilated from the start. On the other hand, activity is better than inactivity, and perhaps the efforts that we make here will still be able to have positive effects, and hopefully our willingness to point out where we are compromised will prevent those compromises from rendering our efforts useless. It might be possible to incite genuine change in the lives of human beings, despite the implication inherent in any kind of activity today. It's worth a try. 
Of course, perhaps this sort of idealism will only serve to trick us, with the best of all possible intentions, into betraying the very ideals which we seek to promote. Perhaps we are sealing our own fate by transforming whatever genuine ideas for change people may have into ultimately ineffectual activities, such as purchasing revolutionary products and discussing the ideas of others. Perhaps the advertising we sell in Harbinger will only lead people to purchase the products advertised and thus be forced to remain trapped in the wage slavery system, rather than harmlessly raising the funds necessary to publish our demand for the end of the system. Or maybe this hypocrisy is merely a cover that allows us to go about our business of revolution without appearing to be much of a threat by making us appear to be another innocuous pseudo-revolutionary group. Perhaps we only appear to be hopelessly compromised, so the forces that have a stake in the status quo will not recognize the threat that we do pose until it is too late. Or it might even be that crime think is actually orchestrated by those very forces to lead those who do desire change astray into expanding their efforts uselessly. Even then, it might have unforeseen effects. Who can tell for sure? The thing is to act, to act joyously, not to accept that we are helpless to effect change. For if we seek to resist the roles in life set forward for us, if we fight a spirited fight against the forces that would keep us in despair, if we dare to act on our own and to act passionately and freely, that itself is revolution.